and welcome to Spirit Life Applied, Season 4, Episode 2. This season is called Breaking Free, and today we are looking at the net of legalism. You know, in our first episode, we discussed from the verse in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I love this verse because it really declares that we have a certain freedom in Jesus. So this verse warns us that even after we become believers in Jesus, we can be entangled again with things that trip us up and cause us to be in bondage. So let me just say, I don't know your sentiments about this But the last thing I want after being delivered from a life of sin is to find that I'm tangled up in a new kind of bondage. I don't want to do that. So in today's study, we're going to look at some of the snares of legalism. This is something that I have struggled with personally in my own life and and got confused about at times. And It was a problem in New Testament times and Paul had to deal with it quite often. And I want to help us to avoid getting tripped up in this type of of thinking. Let's look at the definition of legalism. There's several ways to say it, so I'm just going to kind of give you all of those the ways I've found um, today. It's legalism is dependence on moral law rather than on faith in Jesus. It's concerned with keeping the law while ignoring the law giver. It's Christless law keeping. It's elevating commandments of men to the level of doctrine from God. It is excessive adherence to a law or formulas. When we stress adherence apart from faith, we will produce legalism every time. Let me just say that again. When we stress adherence apart from our faith in Jesus, we will produce legalism in our own life every time and in the lives of others as well. The Apostle Paul dealt with this subject over and over again, and he fought this false teaching and we must expose this mentality so that we can keep ourselves from getting tripped up into this net of lies. So what does the net of lies look like, you ask? (laughs) Well, let's just take a moment to look at what Paul was teaching here in Galatians chapter 5. In verses 2 through 9, I'll read that and then we'll, we'll discuss it. Indeed, he says, I, Paul, say to you that If you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. So let's just, let me just point out to you that this had become something that they had done under the Old Testament law. They had practiced circumcision, and new believers were coming in and getting saved that were not Jewish people, and they were telling them, You've got to be circumcised. Uh oh. He says in verse 3, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. 
you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Strong words. For we through the Spirit, verse 5, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. He says, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him, Jesus, who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. So here, Paul is dealing with this false teaching that these Gentile new believers were being taught by Jewish believers that they should be circumcised, which is, you know, another form of going back under the old law. And so they were being taught this false teaching about circumcision and other things as well. And he's calling them out on this. He's saying, if you're going to go down this path of keeping one law in order to be saved, then you're going to have to go and keep all of them. Now, I don't know if you know it, but there were over there were 613 laws that were given in the Old uh, Testament. And the religious leaders had even decided to add a bunch of stuff on, you know. And so in that day, you know, by the time Jesus came, they had added a bunch of things that were not in the original law that was given by God to Moses. So you can just imagine how upsetting this would be after experiencing such freedom and joy and love that had just washed over them and cleansed them and forgiven all their sins. And now, all of a sudden, they're knee-deep in a different kind of slavery. And yet, this thinking that if I can just follow a formula or study a technique, incorporate some kind of personal or religious discipline, do enough good works, then I'll be able to get my act together and earn my salvation. What? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of ludicrous, but that's what they were doing. And that is what we as believers are tempted to to all to do and to think that way. Uh, the thinking is, I will gain the kingdom of God and its benefits by self-justification, doing certain deeds, following certain formula. And we see that a lot in the prosperity gospel. Looking the part. We see that a lot in the uh, different movements of holiness that want to just look the part. But I can do all this without developing a personal relationship with the king of that kingdom. As we said earlier, legalism is Christless law-keeping. It's the most miserable existence we can succumb to as Christians, by allowing our salvation experience 
to to become a mechanical religious system of going through the motions. It's dry. It's all about me, my strength, my knowledge, my abilities, and how I am good and holy and accomplished. Because look at the life I lead and the works I have done. It's pride protruding its ugly head, and it's what crucified Jesus. When the religious leaders became so enraged, and it's what Paul is warning will cause you and I to fall from grace. As we celebrate the freedom from sin and never want to go back to a life of sin, we also need to celebrate the complete work that Jesus has done for us. Hebrews ten fourteen declares over us, For by one offering, he, talking about Jesus, has perfected forever those, that's you and me, who are being sanctified. Did you grasp that? I know for years, I really didn't get this. In the Amplified, it reads like this. For by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Wow. So while we're in the process of him working on all of our wicked ways, he sees us as forever perfect. (laughs) What? I know it sounds so far from what we see as reality in our natural way of thinking. That's why salvation is such a miracle. It is because our Father doesn't look at us the same as He did before. Because of what Jesus has done. When Jesus died for us and we accepted that blood covering, We accepted that forgiveness. We were cleansed and washed, made white as snow. And he has become our righteousness. You know, Isaiah 64, 6, it says, Our righteousness is like filthy rags. Which, those filthy rags, that's a reference to a woman's menstrual rag. Wow. Wow. So to brag about our own rule-following abilities, it's like strutting down a fashion runway with the most awful, blood-stained, and torn rags that we could find. Just think about it. When we want to brag on our own abilities, when we want to make ourselves lifted up in pride as if we accomplished, we've reached some holy status, That's what it's like to God. But to be covered by the blood of Jesus is to be wrapped in robes of royalty. To have that blood wash us white as snow. Look at Isaiah 61.10, Ephesians 4.24, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Philippians 3.9. Combat this thinking 
in your mind by memorizing these scriptures, writing them down and using them against the enemy who accuses you. Let's look at Paul's teaching in Romans chapter 4, verse 3 through 5. He says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Wow. Memorize that verse. Let it, let it be the summary of what we're saying here today. So let's examine what legalism might look like in our modern day society. You know, in our culture, there are many ways that we could probably find braggadocious ways to look holy, you know, because the extremes are certainly out there in fashion and the way people treat their bodies and the things they put on and do to their bodies. The absolute mutilation is being happened today. And it's kind of easy to think that we can look a certain way and that we can might perceive ourselves as as looking holy and you need to understand that this is not the the target we're to aim for but it is a life of love relationship with Jesus so should Christians you know only wear certain drab colors or white or should their sleeves be so long and skirts so long what where is the measure of holiness we can get into this type of thinking and if we know that we need to do good works we can say well let's make sure that we do more good works than we do bad works and even out the scales you ever witness that kind of thinking or maybe we know that we need to spend more time reading the Bible and praying. So how much time is enough? We ask ourselves, trying to make sure that we measure up. You see, this is legalism in a network of thinking that can crip us up, thinking that we need to meet a certain criteria in order to be holy, but that won't make us holy. We can do all the good deeds in the world. We can spend all the hours and hours reading and memorizing scripture and praying and reciting prayers and doing all of the things and making sure that our sleeves go to our wrists and our dress to our ankles and that we look as pure as possible. But it's just filthy rags in God's sight. So what do we do? How do we live? How do we walk this out? We cannot add to what Jesus has done. <laughs> but we can walk out a relationship with him that will produce in us the holiness that he wants to see. You're on a journey. 
It is one of holiness that's being worked out in you, in your character. And the fruit of that relationship will mean that you will find what His will is in in every area of your life as you grow and mature in the Lord. And He will convict you in love when you are not exemplifying His character. When you are perhaps walking or dressing immodestly, He'll work on you and He will deal with your heart. But it will be a product of the love relationship that will have, He will have influencing your life. And He will guide you into good works and selfless living as you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit produces fruit. It's not your fruit, it's His fruit. And as you are filled with His Spirit, those fruits will be made manifest out of your life. It is produced out of that love relationship. Paul gives us the synopsis in the latter part of verse 6 in our text from Galatians 5 when he teaches that our faith works by love. Faith in what Jesus has done already on Calvary and love for him will cause us to keep the commandments that he gives us to both in his word and those convictions that he puts upon our heart. There are some things that he will deal with us on such a personal level that we'll go the extra mile in in certain areas, but it's a personal thing. And we won't project that onto someone else, trying to form them into our image, but we will let Christ work in us on a personal level, keeping us in pure holiness until the day that he comes to take us home. I hope this teaching has blessed you today and given you the freedom to see that Jesus has done such a mighty work to to perfect you and to cause you to he calls you righteous because you're clothed with Jesus's righteousness. What a beautiful beautiful teaching that we need to grasp and not be entangled in legalism and let that trip us up but be walk in that liberty where with Christ has made you free. God bless you.